You understand that today you sit in a supernatural place? Some of us might think going to the Buckeye game is supernatural. You get such a rush from it or some favorite sporting event or some singing concert. But today, right now, this morning, you are sitting in a place where supernatural things will happen and can happen. And right now, even as I present the Word of God, a mere man using the voice that God gave me, I believe by the Spirit of God and by the supernatural power of my God that He can take my sound, whatever it sounds to you, you know how your own voice sounds weird to yourself, but not, you take that weird sound that I hear, mix it with faith in the Word of God, and supernatural things can happen inside of you. So don't sit there and be lulled asleep by the enemy or ho-hum another Sunday morning, can't wait for Sunday chicken. Listen. Listen to the Word of God, because we're going to give you a formula for peace to get through this world. Tomorrow might be the day that this world changes. Facebook somebody the other day, and I'm saying chaos is right around the corner. I mean, I'd rather not. I'd rather be around your corner than not mine. I'm serious. But it just kind of is. This is the day and age that you and I have been called to live in. That's why we're alive now. That's why we're supposed to be filled with the Spirit of God and the Word of God and serving God for a time such as this. And so God has given us His ability that we can carry it through to the end, what we're living in. And so this is it. You can have this peace as you're inside of this mess called the world. John 14, 25 is where we're going to start. The idea is, why is this peace so elusive? Many times for years, I don't, I don't know if we're still going. Are we still going to the psych ward and presenting a word, or did we finally get thrown out? I think we got thrown out. And we got thrown out simply, look, because of this. We weren't obnoxious. We weren't throwing people around. We weren't screaming at them. You're going, we're just giving them the word of God and just unnerved them after about 15 years or 20 years, however long we were there, and they didn't want us to come back. And so this is what's happening. They don't want the Word of God. Your peace and your peace can only come from the Word. And so we're going to look at the world, and we're going to look at the Lord, and then look at you and see what peace you're going after. So John 14, 25 tells us this, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter... Simple definition right now says, which is the Holy Ghost? Whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Now we know that at the dispensation that we live in now, that the Comforter has come. He is here, and it's the Holy Ghost. So he goes, he'll teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. 27 now says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Now, you can just look at that and look at the world and read the paper, and you say, well, you didn't do a good job. But this is the wrong, we have the wrong outlook on peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. That's a huge key. You and I are not of this world. We can't think of this world. We have to function and think according to the Word of God. All our eggs are in this basket. So he's telling us right here that I'm going to give you peace, but you're not going to find it in the world. You cannot have this peace that the world calls peace because it, it's not lasting peace. It's fake peace, phony, fool's gold peace. And so he goes on and says, Peace I give you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. 
And then he tells us this, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Okay? So we're, we're going after this peace that the Lord is telling us. Now the world's definition of peace, peace is a state of harmony characterized by the lack of violent conflict and the freedom from fear of violence commonly understood as the absence of hostility. Huge definition, but I want to say, amen, that's what I want. That's exactly what I want in my life. I don't want any fear, violence, or hostility, or conflict. I want everybody in the, in the Middle East to love me. I don't want any terrorist stuff going on. Just this nice, cool, wonderful, beautiful harmony and tranquility. I want a life of that. Don't you? Okay. So we're actually in the same boat. But what's the Lord say? We just read the definition of man's peace, the world's peace, and God says, um, I'm not giving you that peace. So if your effort is to have a life or the definition of peace in your Christian walk in this fallen world, you're going to be messed up all the time. And eventually, if you don't focus it right or filter it right with the Word of God, you're going to start disbelieving the Word of God. So look, let's look into this. What's the Word say? We're going to look at the Word. Not what you think, not what you want, not the world's definition. Remember the Word. It's the key. The buck stops right there at the Word of God. John 1.1 1, 1 tells us something very interesting. In the beginning was the Word. Amen? Okay, it's even cooler. And the Word was with God. Well, that's good. I'm glad it was with God. Look at the other part. And the Word was? The Word was God. Living form of the Word was God, Christ. There are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. Christ is the Word, the living Word, the speaking Word. So get you got to understand that this Word that we're going to share to you is Christ. This is what Christ is and what He says to us, because He's the Word. If He came in, I can introduce Him as, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to uh, present to you the Word. And here he would come up to speak. You must get this. So Christ is known as the Word. So what's the Word say to us then? Matthew 4, 4 tells us, He answered and said, It is written, You're not going to live by Sunday chicken only. You're not going to live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, because He is the Word. Every word that comes out of his mouth, you have to live by. Distinct difference in how you are to live. What the world says is peace and what God says, no, this is how you are to live. And so you have to see that in the word and then you have to make a conscious decision to trust and believe that and not that. And I don't know if we really take this stuff in and absorb it and realize that I have to conduct my life in fears and, and, and decisions that I make places where I go by the Word of God, not the new wave that r rushes through the world or whatever. 
So we see it right here. So John 14, 27, again, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace. That's the key. This is what we've got to find. He says, I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Now, the world sometimes gives a, a fake peace. You can have uh, a couple hundred bucks in your pocket, tickets to the best game you ever wanted to, or Christmas is coming, presents are piled high, kids love your bills paid, cars running. And you think, it's a nice, calm day, birds are singing to you in your rocking chair, neighbors are waving, and you're thinking, isn't this awesome? And it can evaporate in a minute. And we try to call that peace. You know, uh, your vacation, go live uh, or uh, camp out or read a book on the beach, and we, we look for that as peace. But the majority of the time after a vacation, we come back worn out. Because we're, we're trying to get this elusive butterfly that we're, we're calling peace. And God's saying, not that peace. My peace I give unto you. Big difference. Now, this all came from a, a song that I heard of the other day. And I forgot to tell you... Uh, you have that song ready somewhere? Great. It's called Take Heart by Hillsong. And when I asked the Wednesday crowd, I think one hand went up. Does anybody remember that? Other than the Wednesday crowd that just heard it. Anybody remember the song Take Heart? One, two, three. Wow. I thought everybody knew all the songs. Anyway, Take Heart. You're going to hear it. Listen, this is what this means. This is where that this song produced this message because it just kind of like where I was. I don't know how you are in life, but certain times and certain seasons and certain valleys or mountaintops, whatever it is, certain songs really speak to me. And I just play them over and over and over. And sometimes I can remember songs that I, I played over and over and over and over to death. And now I really don't want to hear it, but at that time, it's all I could listen to. And that's kind of where this message came from, because it's saying, take heart from that scripture. That God is saying here in verse 27, peace I leave with you. Or John 16, 33 says this, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. Very interesting. Listen to this. In the world you shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And that phrase, be of good cheer, can mean take heart. Sometimes, you know, when you ask somebody how you're doing, and 15 minutes later, they're still going through their list. And you're going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And you could probably say, take heart. God has overcome all that. And that's the idea behind this, this scripture. But look, look at something here. Jesus said that in me you may have peace. And you won't find real peace anywhere else other than in Christ. That's just true. That's just the way it is. You should, all of you should be old enough to uh, wrap your brain and thoughts around that. Jesus, listen, Jesus did not promise peace. He offered it. He offered it for you because you have to do something about this. See, we just want blink peace. There, I got it. No, God is wanting you to do something. As he offers it, he's looking for a reaction from you so that you can get this peace he's offered. So Jesus didn't promise peace, but he offered peace. He said, you may have peace. Now a person 
can follow Christ like we are attempting to, yet deny themselves that peace. And I, I don't think we have to go, what, really? I think it's obvious, especially in American Christianity. Hardly any of us truly walk in that comfort and peace and assurance that God gives. We're constantly, man, I don't know, I don't know about all this. I don't, I don't know. That's the world's way of looking at it. God says, I'm offering you something. We can gain this peace that Jesus offered by finding it in Him. Not in church, in me, in the songs, but in Him. Remember at least six, seven, eight years ago, preached the message, are you in Christ or are you in church? In church, 50% divorce rate. In Christ, really in Christ, zero. It's impossible if you're in Christ. In church, 50-50 chance, if not worse. Big difference. So God is saying that in me, you may have this peace. You won't find it anywhere else. It has to be in me. Now, here's how we find it. Jesus says this. Jesus made the way to peace with God, having you and I been justified by faith. This is the word. This is if I said word, would you please come up and speak? Ladies and gentlemen, greet the word. You'll be going, just like Pastor Bender, he comes up. And so the word, he's, he's going to tell you this because he's the word. He speaks the word. Romans 5, 1 tells us you have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I can have this peace that is offered to me by faith. Not by money in the pocket, not by all the storms ceasing out there. No, but in the midst of a storm, I can have this peace offered in him. Not in church. Amen? We know that Hebrews tells us this in 11.1. 1. Now, is it up there? Faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. That's how God wants you to walk in Him. Not seeing everything, but believing Him. And if you can get that, you can walk into an unbelievable turmoil situation at work and be the light of God because you won't be trusting yourself. You'll be trusting that which you cannot see, but has assured you in the Word of God that I'm with you. And you can walk into that situation, speak the words of life by faith, not trusting yourself. And God says, I offer that to you. But you have to believe it by faith, not by sight. Man, we can't go by sight. We'll panic and run. Faith is the substance. Just as our physical eyesight is the sense that gives me evidence that there's a pulpit here. I can see it. Touch it. Feel it. Faith is the sense that gives us evidence of the invisible spiritual world. You are sitting in a supernatural place now as we are presenting His Word to you. The problem is we sit there like natural bumps on a log. 
instead of supernatural people believing the Word of God. You have it on your lap. You have it on big screens. You should be assured and confirmed this is the Word by faith. This is what God is offering me. I know, I know, yeah, but I know. Now you got to get out of that and start believing Him because it's offered. You may have it. Look, He promised you trouble. He offered you peace in that trouble. He did. I don't know how old you are. We can go from the youngest person here to the oldest. Has anybody never had trouble? Then the Word of God is true. You proved the Word of God. It's true. He says, in the world you will have tribulation. It's not because he's a mean God and he's kicking around his children. What's this one? This one really won't get over this one. No, it's the fallen state of the world. It's what we do to one another. It's what we step over and everything to get our way or to get ahead. You send billions of dollars over there to help the poor. They never see it because it's man's way of just hoarding. And In the world, you shall have tribulation, which means trials means misfortunes. Yes, things will happen. Listen, in this word we never want to hear, suffering. You will have those in this world. It's a fallen, sin-cursed world. Disease-stricken, God-hating world. And in that world, you will have tribulation, trials, misfortunes misfortunes and sufferings it's exactly what the word tells us that is promise jesus made that promise to you but also in the midst of that peace is offered to us yes this is a sin cursed world because of man's rebellion towards god sin cursed problems everything comes in it but god says i'm not going to leave you doggy paddling in that i can offer you peace Do you understand what kind of a glowing testimony, what kind of a bright billboard you would be in the midst of everybody going, I can only breathe, um, and you have peace in that. They're going to be drawn to you. How? How can you? What do you mean? Your child. You, And you can tell them. It's an awesome way to be a witness for God. When we become Christians, we may bring fewer problems upon ourselves, but you're still going to have them. Fewer problems from, when I got saved, I was a drunk. I stopped drinking. That has created a lot less problems in my life. Does that mean I don't have problems? Please. Struggling American Christians. I don't, I don't think it's anywhere else in this hemisphere that we believe that someday in this life we're going to be able to laugh at all temptations and we're going to have effortless victory after victory. Though there is that belief. It's been in here. Suffering, suffering, that can't be of God. So what are you talking about? Read it in the Word. Do I want it? No. I wish you were true. Yes, you were true, but it's not. It's here. This is true. You're not the Word. You're Pete. That's all you are. We are promised struggle as long as we are in this world. Yet, Christ offers peace. 
He offers it. And if you're going after the world's peace, you're that merry-go-round that's trying to get that golden ring. <laughs> maybe next time. <laughs> oh, maybe next time. Oh, that's not what God has offered you. Again, John 16, 33. These things have I spoken unto you. Well, who are you to speak? The Word. The Word is speaking the Word to us, that in me you might have peace. In the world, you're going to have difficulties. Be of good cheer. Take heart. I have overcome the world. You're taking heart is in knowing your Savior has overcome the world. Just like that song we sang. I know the future's in your hands. And I take heart over that. The song says, which maybe we'll play towards the end as we start our altar call. The song says, all our troubles and our tears. This, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is real Christianity. You've got to get through these things. All our failures and our fear. I fear and fail. Please don't think I don't. I'm you. I'm standing here. You're sitting. We're the same. All our heartaches and our pains, all our burdens, the various things you've got to go through, all our burdens and our shame. Oh, I failed God. The song goes on and says, God, our hope, he has overcome all that. Take heart. In him, outside of that, I'm a miserable failure. So if you think inside that box, all oh, us Christians are always like this, thinking that it's in us to try to accomplish or attain this peace that the world defines, and God has said, what? I'm not giving you that. I've offered you this in the midst of that chaos you can have this peace and assurance that I'll take care of you. That's the difference between coming to church and believing. You can just sit there and mm -hmm, mm -hmm, hits the fan. You better have something to believe in. And that's this is the difference. And listen, this is where God is bringing His church in America. Because we can, we can always have happy faces. You know, certain things just make us happy. The game's on after church. It's going to be a fun day. I don't have to work three-day weekend, whatever it is. I'm on vacation. No, God is taking all this extra stuff away. It's drying up where it's either going to believe in Him or you don't. Sheep and goats, right and left, are wrong. <laughs> be of good cheer, He says. I have overcome the world. Listen, in that statement, Jesus proclaims truth is, is victorious. His truth is victory, no matter what you have to go through or what you're in now. Listen, when he's, this is an absolute amazing statement. I, I read this to the folks last night. Listen, this amazing statement comes from a man who's about to be, this is the Lord, he's about to be arrested, forsaken, rejected, mocked, tortured, and executed. And he's saying, take heart. I've overcome the world. Wow. Really? You can overcome that? Even more, Judas, the religious authorities, Pilate, the crowd, soldiers, 
or even death in the grave could not overcome him. Instead, Christ looks at all that and he offers it to you and says, I have overcome all that. Now I offer it to you. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. When I see it, no, no, no. I believe you, Lord. I believe you. I believe you, Lord. How? By faith. I don't think I can have faith in this situation I'm in. That's a lie. You believe the enemy. Remember what we said? Everybody's played cards some type. What's the scripture? To every man is dealt a measure of faith. I don't care how stinky your hand of life is. Push it around, you'll find it. The enemy puts blinders on our eyes that we cannot see the truth, that believing God by faith and sooner or later you come to a point in life and desperate and despair, and all of a sudden you, oh, oh, there all the time, but the enemy blinds you. Because the Bible says to every man is dealt a measure of faith, and you can believe this by faith, even if you don't see it screaming crowds around you, the paper getting worse, the projections of life horrible. You can still believe faith in God, and He'll take care of you. This peace that the Lord offers, listen, is only found in trusting Him and the Word. This is it. This is why there is such an attack coming against the Word, keeping us out of it. Because in it, it's your shield and your buckler. It's your secret pavilion when you just can't handle life anymore. God will tuck you away. It's a light when you're totally lost. I don't know where to go, God. It's a sword when the enemy comes. It's everything you need. This is what he offers. This is where the peace comes from. Listen, God says this in Isaiah 26.3. And I, listen, I would go to the psych ward years ago before we ended up having our little army take over and they would go for me. And there was lots of Christians in there. And I didn't look down and say, what are you doing? I would just look at them and say, do you understand the word says, God says he will keep you in perfect peace. See, I believe statements like that. I know that the enemy can come against us and bombard us and there's no super saints and there's no S on my... No, I know that, but God will keep you. He will keep you. Even when he told Paul, remember Paul stood up and said, this ship is going to sink. They're all on it, and the waves, and all the storm, and sink, what? Be of good cheer. Take heart. Not one soul will be lost, but you'll go through it. You'll go down, <laughs> spit in the salt. You'll go through it. But God says, take heart. I'll make sure there's floating wood, something all around you, you hang on to, and you'll get to the shore if you trust God. If you believe God, I offer this to you. And they could have said, forget it, man. We're going on our own way. And they started to, remember? Started lowering down, lowering the little boats. Which, this huge thing is going to go under, and they're lowering down a little thing. Just like how man thinks, would Paul say? If you go in that, you're lost. If you stay and go down with the ship, you're saved. What? That doesn't make sense to us. It does, this does not make sense to the natural man. They cut the ropes away and let those things sh smash. And ship went down. After a few hours, spitting water, got on the shore, took the roll call, 
Everyone was there. Just like this said. Now you'll go through some things. You'll look like a drowned rat sitting on the beach sometime. Beat up, exhausted, crawling. And you'll look beside you and say, God did it. We made it. God says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That's the key. Whose mind? Your mind must be fixed, must be anchored, must be stayed on thee. The song Dawn King sings, My anchor holds. It can't be just a song. It has to be a life. A life. My anchor holds. Perfect peace means completeness, soundness. It doesn't mean birds singing every day, kids wonderful every day, bills paid every day. No, it means completeness and soundness. And I would offer that on that fourth floor. And most of them didn't even know that world was in there. And this is what's offered to you. The enemy has lied to you. And he can drive us to those places, all of us, whose mind has stayed. This is the place of perfect peace. When we keep our minds stayed, which means settled upon, established upon, I don't care what the world says, I don't care how they mock, I don't care what they what they say. Now there's a new thing out in the and all over the internet now. Jesus was married. I'm going really, please. What they say, what's the next thing down the pot? I'm going to keep my mind settled and resting, and my source is going to be the Word of God in my everything. That's where you can function. And I'll tell you what, we have been pulled through a lot of knots in life. I mean, here's this big me, and I got this knot trowel this big, and I'm heading that way, and I'm thinking, God, there's no way. God, oh! Praise God. He did it. He kept me. He kept my mind. I've never said, well, I was so tough I got through that. Make the knot a little smaller. No way. Always oh, pulled me through things with God killed me. I can't take any credit, man. I really got it was impossible. Yet I'm through. And I'm not crazy. And I'm still saved. And I'm still functioning. As a husband, as a father, as a neighbor, as a man of God. God does that. That's the perfect peace that He'll give you. Not you. It's not because you're a tough hombre. You're not. Well, the Word says in Philipp, uh, Philippians 4, 6, says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding. Nate brought that up when he was praying. There is a peace that makes no sense to us with what we're going through. Supernatural place. Supernatural things happen in a place like this. And make that which is natural, supernatural. And the world steps back. And says, How can you be like that? Say, so, well, let me show you. New Living Translation, same verse, it says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. We worry about everything and hardly pray about anything. That's why the fruits are different in the American Christianity. 
Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life, everything, and your mind, which can pollute your heart. Pray. Believe the Word. God will back it. Matthew 8 says this, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he does it. This guy rocked Christ's world. Because us Americans are consumers. Always wanting, Jesus, come to touch me, touch me, call me out, call me out. When this guy is saying, Jesus said, I'm coming with you. He said, oh, you don't have to. Oh, you don't have to. I don't need you to see you coming and laying your hand. I don't need to hear you just speak your word. Now, I don't know if Jesus ever got stumbled with that one. He says, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, nowhere in Israel. Marveled. Stumbled. That word marveled means something that causes wonder. Listen, also causes admiration or astonishment. What? I don't have to come and perform in front of you for you to believe. No, no. I believe by faith, and I believe in the Word of God that what you say is true. Just speak the Word. How could we not do that? Trust that. What's killing you this morning? What's pushing you to the brink of worry and fret and insanity? Maybe even causing you to... Start to look back at Egypt. Ho, oh, oh. ho. I'm so tired. And you're looking back. What is it? Can't you come this morning and can't you just tell Christ, I believe you at your word. No matter what comes, I'll believe you. I'll trust you. I want this peace you offer me. And by faith... I believe it. Every time I think about this and come around to a message like this, sorry, but I can't help but think that Raiders of the Ark movie, the last one, or the next to last one, his dad's shut, bleeding, dying. He's walking, remember, the big cavern from here to there to find this healing thing for his father. And his father's laying there going, you got to believe, you got to believe, Junior, you got to believe, you got to believe. I'm going, oh my gosh. He sees this big impossibility, just like you today. And then he finally went, and he thought he would fall. 
that he was held up. That's what this is. You take that step on the word. Oh. He did it. He did it. That's the peace he offers. You find it in here, not out there, not exterior. It's in here. Whether your promise is ever fulfilled, them having died, looking for that city, never seeing the promise, yet believed by faith. Didn't go crazy. Still were used by God. Still did things for God. All because of this. Anything outside of this is an elusive butterfly. You're not going to find We want new wives because we can't find it in that butterfly. If I just had that greater job, butterfly. If I could just move from this stinking city, butterfly. If I was just prettier, butterfly. Stronger, butterfly. Handsome, butterfly. If I could just have a higher, if I was just smart, butterfly. It's in him and him alone. Let's stand. We're going to start off with that song, Take Heart. And I think it has words, and it's a little hard to sing to, and I'm really not looking so much for you to sing to it, but I'm looking for you to come to the altar. If you look at the words, to choose to stand there first and look at the words, great, as it builds and starts showing you how God has overcome all your troubles and fears and trials. Take heart. God will take care of you. Then come to this altar. Be like you're sitting in that pew and you're going to be that one. Just take believe. It doesn't matter. You don't have to try to say, oh, if I could just tell pastor my problems. It doesn't matter what the problem is. God, the Lord, is offering you peace this morning. He'll speak it to you. The Prince of Peace. But you must react by faith, believing, and expect Goliath to be outside those doors, ready to take it from you. He said, not this time. No, not this time. I don't have to have external peace. I have him living inside of me who holds my future. Our altars are open. Please come. Please talk to your Lord. Watch the song. Sing the song. Whatever you want to do, take heart. God is here for you. God will lead you through this night. Take heart. It's not your ability. It's not your strength. It's not the scripture you memorized. He'll do it. You hold on to him. Not a song. We're believing in the scriptures and the word.